Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They're providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today, we're going to chat with author Stacy L. Tucker. This is a recorded interview, and uh, we have a lively little chat. I think you'll enjoy it, but please don't call in because it's recorded. Here's Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really happy to have you. Um, you're into a lot of interesting uh, subjects that I like, and I think it will be fun. <laughs> oh yeah, um, fantasy fiction hopefully is one of your one of your uh, genres. Oh yeah, I have I have I love fantasy. I love fiction. I love science. Well, science fiction. I love any fiction. Um, well, there are exceptions, but I'll still talk about them with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of friends who write horror books, and I happily talk to them and promote it. But I have to explain I won't read them. <laughs> oh yes, that's not my cup of tea either. Yeah. No, I like more of a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just, I just, it's, uh, I mean, the closest I get is like thrillers, like Hitchcock, right. stuff like that, right. um, or other thrillers, um, Pelican Brief, and and um, what's a big uh, Da Vinci Code. Stuff like oh, that. Oh, Yeah, I enjoyed those as well. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's about as close as I get to that kind of... I don't know, I, I, that gets my blood going without too much real blood going on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I agree. I agree. I loved uh, the Dan Brown books. And more so for the history aspect of it and um, and how he was able to, you know, bridge some actual events and, and incorporate, you know, his own... Imagination and and fiction. It was it was well done. I sure. I think that's one of my favorite things about it too. I love how he weaves it, so you can't sometimes tell what's his imagination and, and what he's taken and weaving it together. Right. It's beautifully done. I mean, and he writes so beautifully. It's like a painting. It's just so there. You can see it in your head, pop pop pop, as you're reading it. Right. I mean, that's what I've tried to do with my books, and I've even had a few readers ask me if the Book of Sophia is a real book from ancient civilization. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, <laughs> I know, and I, uh, I, it isn't. It was. I did make make that up, but I mean, Sophia as a concept is is a real if you can say real, thing um, in ancient cultures, but I did take it to the next level and create my own story around it. So I, I tried to do that same Dan Brown-esque kind of, uh, of, of way of writing fiction. I really, really, really love that kind of thing when a, a reader comes up to you and they ask you about an aspect of what you wrote and they're like, so is this real or is this made up? Because that's like good. You don't know. That means I did my job. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I've tried to put some, you know, some scientific um, 
you know, pieces in it as well. And, and I, my, my sweet spot is bridging spirituality and science and where they overlap. Um, and then just, but make them um, you know, just easy, easy reads for the modern reader. Um, so that was really one of my, my, my goals with this series. But, um, uh, and, and so to have someone ask about that was, was, was neat. But I would, I would, I, and so now, now that my, my series is complete, that I can actually say, yes, the Book of Sophia is real because I, <laughs> I made it so. <laughs> It's like um, the Bar- oh, Kiki Rollins little storybook that she has in the last one, the Bard of the Beetle. Oh, you know, yeah. The one that's supposed to be made up, but now it's real because she's published it now like three times, so right. <laughs> it's quite real. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing. And I and the Harry Potter books, I mean, have done it in the absolute best way of just creating, you know, it's, it was it came out of her imagination, and and now it's something that so many people do look to as as real, and okay. um, and just a part of our our culture, and um, it's just a wonderful. It just shows how much and how important it is to really tap into our imagination and uh, and create just for the sake of creating. I think that that is one of the things I love about Jo Rawlings is because she's, she opened, and I'm really hoping that it's not a one thing wonder because that just her book, because her books open for children again. You know, well, there's always been children who read, but it just, it was like a crazy phenomena that everybody had to have Harry Potter and they had the midnight parties and all that crazy stuff. But it was great because kids were excited about getting the book and couldn't wait to get home and read it once they bought it. And it was just, it was a big deal. And that's, that's what great. I love her for. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love yeah. her for her writing too, but that is so important. And it's so interesting now that, I mean, I have stepchildren who are in their 20s and we all went, you know, they read the books and watched the movies and we went and saw the movies when they first came out and, and now when a movie happens to be on, it's almost like comfort food. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we watched and we know it we know, we know every line but it but we still watch <laughs> or we still read over and over because it's like like we were saying, it's 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 revisiting old friends mm-hmm. and um and it just it, it hits that that spot inside where it's just it's like comfort and it's nice so but I think that will always be the way <laughs> with I, those movies and books I think so too and I yeah. think that's good it's the way it oh, should yeah. be yeah yeah I think we need more of that I think that the world yeah I just exactly what I was going to say I think the world needs right now especially the world needs more of that lots mm-hmm. of it <laughs> as much as we can get <laughs> yeah yeah and connection, really. I mean, it's it's about it's really about connection, and and you know we've we've all become so isolated. And I mean, writing it as you know, as to be writers, we we are isolated in our houses, but we try and connect to others through our writing, and hope that it connects our readers to something greater. Um, and and now, yeah, we're seeing it just just 
we need more connection and just more, um, you know, group. Like when 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 I'm in a group of women that you know we're we're getting together for whatever reason, it's like those connections are so important, and um, we just need to to continue can continue doing that because it's so easy to just become so isolated with you know our technology and scrolling whatever social media and and um so it's important to keep those human connections going and i feel like writing really does um help help bridge that for sure i do too i think it's very important you know you made me think of something it's really interesting when i was younger when i was a young woman and I went to some place that was a coffee shop first of all it was uh, it was a cool kind of coffee shop with couches everywhere and tables and books were there and it was like you talk to people and you're talking about the books and you're drinking your coffee and listening to music and you you can if you want to be here by yourself you grab a book go in the corner if you want to be a bunch of people you go over to where they are and it was like really cool and you met a lot of people and you made friends Met God. Yes. <laughs> you met you met met people today. I mean, it was a great thing. And then I don't know about uh, I guess about ten or about ten, maybe more, maybe twelve or thirteen years ago, I went to a Starbucks one day, and I was just kind of looking around, and I realized something. Not one person was talking to another person. They were all talking. But they were talking to people on their phone or on their uh, tablet or on their screen, on their, on their la- uh, laptop. Not one person, except to the barista to get their coffee, not one person was talking to each other. And if you yeah. walked by them, it was like you weren't there. No. No. I know. It's a crisis. <laughs> I was like, I, I sat down and I'm going, this is really weird. <laughs> Yeah, no, it isn't good. It isn't. Um, you know, and then, and then my son is 12, and I see, you know, I, I see how easy it is for for children to get sucked into that same uh, pattern. And uh, so we have to work to counteract that. Um, and it's, it's it has a lot to do with putting down the technology. I mean, it can be, and everyone blames their smartphone, um, but I mean, it's a it's a tool. It is a tool. It's a good tool. Yeah. It's like a telephone, and a, a smartphone yeah. is a phone. And it's yeah, a, it's just there needs you know boundaries. It's all about boundaries. <laughs> but even back in the day when Alexander Graham Bell invented the phone and went all over the world and everything, they said that was an invasion. Uh-huh. People thought it was very invasive to have somebody calling them. Uh-huh. You know, I mean. It, you, you, they, people started learning how to deal with it in a healthy way, but, um, but, but that's what's not happening. They're not de- learning to deal with this in a healthy way. How often yeah. do you get into an elevator and see the phone light hitting every single face and not one person look up? It's also dangerous because not one person looks up to see who's getting on the elevator with them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know, the lost art of eye contact. <laughs> Ugh. 
uh, and they lose all sense of what's around them as they're walking from whatever they are to their car or taking a walk in the park because they have their headset and they have their phone and they're all, you know, they're listening to books on tape and they totally don't know what's around them. They don't even notice nature. I mean, it's actually right. sad. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. I was. Um, it, we were in... Uh we're flying back from Toronto. This was a couple of months ago, and um, the flight had been delayed. And we were, you know, paying attention to all of the goings on about what what was going on with the flight. And I was amazed at how many people were in the area weren't even aware that the flight had been delayed until it was canceled. And then, like, they picked their heads up from their phone. They're like. Oh, like they were so, they were so <laughs> not wrapped up attention yeah. to the fact that then now the flight was canceled. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe the disconnection in, in this airport. I thought, this impacts your life. Like this, this canceled flight impacts your life in a big way. <laughs> and you're just now understanding that. It was really quite something. So I, um, yeah, so I totally, I get what you're saying. <laughs> and they're missing so much. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. when I always take a walk every day. I mean, it's not a big walk. I just walk up and down because and, we have, like, there's a lot of birds and stuff, and I like to look at the, the animals that are outside and stuff like that. You know, other cats and dogs, people walking their pets and stuff. I know that there are people who never, ever do that. They never walk That's in nature. They don't even pay attention. Even if they walk or they ride their bike they're so busy doing their technical stuff because I see it I yeah. see it when I'm taking my walk um, I walk by this girl every single day and I don't even know if she knows I even walk by her mm-hmm. isn't that sad yeah no I, because nature is, our, is, is a great way to connect connect to ourselves connect to it just the universe, the way that we want to show up in the world. I mean, nature is has has just about all the answers that we could ask for. And so connecting is, is so, it's just, it's good for your soul. Yeah. And, uh, and so if that's not happening for a person or a child or a group of people, then it, it affects who they are. Like I've always said, you know, animals, give children a depth that they can't get from any anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they have a pet, it's um it just it creates a depth in a child that they can't get anywhere else. And and and, and that's the same with nature. It gives you it, it connects you to a part of yourself that you're not going to get anywhere else. So it's very important, um, to get to get out there. <laughs> out there and get some fresh air. Yeah, well get fresh air first of all. I mean me like you said, you're a writer, uh I work at home, I'm always working. I mean, uh someone said, Oh, uh today's Friday I go, Whoopie doo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I never you have know, a day off. I do something every day. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. If you're writing every day, the the days just kind of blur. It's like one long string of consciousness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh-huh. I have to do something. I mean, I play with my cat, and as I go to movies, and I do things like that. I go out with friends. I have lunch. I know I'm, I'm a normal person, uh-huh. but um, I have to go out at least 
when it's nice weather like this, and we ha we've had rain. Um, <laughs> so, and I don't want. I know there are people who love to walk in the rain. I'm not one of them. Um, <laughs> oh, I do. I like the. I like. I was just out. I've been. I'm actually training for a triathlon, and uh, I do like running in the rain. I don't know what it, something about it is soothing. I just. I. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're wet and it gets into your clothes and and you can get cold and bleh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. that's just me i'm I'm weird <laughs> <laughs> so it's like today was a nice day, so I got up early and I took a walk. I like doing that mhm I think it's yeah, I think it's healthy, oh yeah, I mean, just yeah, to get out there and um and connect with neighbors too, mhm. You know, I live in the woods in Connecticut, but um, with two acres zoning. So there's, you know, it's, you have to really walk to, to bump into your neighbors. But, but they're out there. <laughs> I, so, I used yeah. to live like that. We used to, when we lived in Ohio when I was a little girl, uh, we ha our block was pretty close together, but there was like um, a creek, and then there was, a golf course, and then there was another development. And one of the funnest things I remember was going through the creek, going over this bridge, which really you're not supposed to go over. It's actually a bridge to hold up the highway, but kids don't pay attention to that. And <laughs> go across, then there was this hole in the fence, and I don't know who did it, but there was a hole in the fence. We went under the fence, and we went sledding. And there, and we weren't the only ones because the kids from the other development, that's how we met them, um, uh -huh. would come and do sledding. Because the, the, there's not a lot of hills in Ohio, but I, uh -huh. maybe they built it up because of the golf course, but we had hills. Yep. And it was so much fun. We would, like, go sledding all over the place. Yeah, that's great for kids. You know, yeah, you're talking about sledding. Well, one, I mean, we haven't had much snow lately in the past few years. Uh, here in Connecticut, we used to, but um, but even something like sledding, I mean, it's something that we don't like. I don't see the kids doing any anymore, like like they used to, like five years ago. That's but, weird. Um, that's so yeah, much that's fun. That's so much fun. It's like oh yeah. I I love yeah. when I live back east. Uh, I lived in Ohio and New Jersey, and um, I love to go to uh, ice skating. I still like to go ice skating, um, although I haven't done it in a long time. Um, but uh, it's fun. But I, I never yeah. hear people talking about sledding or ice skating. I'm like, how can you not want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were just in Quebec uh, in mid-February. My son's a hockey player, so we're all over the place. But um, And it, there's a lot of snow up there still, and it was their winter festival and just ice skating everywhere and then the snow park and tobogganing and dog sleds, and it was all, all about it. So if you're ever needing that fix, that Canada's the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I've been there. Um, I was that was when I lived back east when I was a little girl. I've been to Toronto, and it was really fun. We had a really good time there. <laughs> that was my one time. I've been. I was in Toronto for ten whole days. <laughs> oh wow, it's a long time to be there. 
Well, my dad yeah. was there. He was there for business, but he took us. My parent, my whenever he could, my dad and mom liked to take us wherever they went. Okay. And it was fun because we went. This is during the. It was going to age me, but um, it was during moonshots. And uh, my dad was in a, was a company that made paper cups. And okay. so one of their promotional things was to do a rocket, like the rocket that went to the moon, mm-hmm. and give us they they it was like the cup was sculptured into being Apollo 11 or what? No, probably later than that. Probably probably Apollo 15. No, wait. Well, I don't remember. Oh. It was one of them. <laughs> yeah. And that was so cool because we went around the plant, and then at the end of the thing, they gave us the sculpture of cups. It was. It, it sounds like yeah. goofy, and really not that fun. But it, for a nine-year-old, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, for a kid, that's great. That's great. Yeah, Toronto, we've been to as well. It's, it's a great city. Um, Quebec was. I enjoyed more. We it was beautiful and the people are great and the food is amazing. So, um, but yeah, it's a good good time. French touch. Mm. <laughs> the French touch of Quebec. <laughs> a, yeah. a lot of French food and I've never been to Quebec, but I've I, I've always wanted to because it looks really cool and it's such oh, a yeah. pretty place. It's, it's such far a pretty. For you, but it's uh, it's definitely worth. It was worth the trip. I mean, it took us eight hours to get there driving. So you know, it's not um, close, but it was definitely worth the trip. It was it was a beautiful city, and the people were really nice. I so it was it was worth going. I think that's why my dad took us to Toronto because we were living in Ohio, and it wasn't that far to drive from Ohio to Toronto. No, <laughs> no it isn't. It's it's very doable. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. probably why we went. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was really cool. The other place I remember going around, it was there was a um, Bush Gardens before it became the uh, amusement park. Uh huh. It was a park, a regular park, park, and they would they have they had the Bush Factory, and you could get a little tour, and the adults would get a little sample beer, and the kids would get sample root beer. And uh, they had animals, like a petting zoo, and they had, it was fun because they, when you went on the tour of Bush Gardens, they had like a little tram inside the facility, so you're sitting behind glass, so you're completely safe, and uh, going on this tram, going around, watching it, it just, it was really cool. So when they turned it into amusement park and they took all that away, I was so upset. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes change is hard. <laughs> well, that one wasn't for the better. <laughs> right, and right. And that Bush Gardens didn't stay. I mean, I think it stayed It because ha- it had the competition of all the other parks in Los Angeles. Right. So it, it didn't stay that long. It just It was sort of a waste. They destroyed something beautiful for this, and it didn't work. And so, and nothing replaced it. And there's no tour, there's no bush gardens, nothing. Well, there's still bush, but there's none of that other stuff. Right. <laughs> I, that's when progress is bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
Um, um, I want you to be able to, I mean, you talked a little bit about your book, but um, before you talk about it, could we talk a little bit, how did you start writing? What was your inspiration? Um, you know, I found writing as a um, very cathartic process to figure myself out. And I, I when in, whenever anyone asks me any advice, I just say, you know, journaling. Journal. <laughs> journaling is the best way to figure your stuff your stuff out, and and get to answers. For I just find it such a magical process. And um, in 2004, I was getting married for the second time before before I had turned 30. So some of my friends hadn't even been married once, and then here I was getting married a second time, and I. I had made every mistake possible under the sun, and all of these crazy, horrible things were happening, or so I thought they were horrible. Um, and then I just started writing them down, and um, I had, and so then I turned that into sort of a self-help, how to get married for the second time book, and um, which was fun, just a little self self-published. Um, you know, when Create Space was like the only way to self-publish. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, and um, I didn't know I was a pioneer then, in 2004. Um, and so I went through then, it, too. Um, yeah. I was with you. I was a pioneer, too. What's that? I was a pioneer with you. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I mean, it was like the early days when I just didn't want to wait and do that whole long process of of finding someone to publish my book. I was just like, I don't have time. I'm just going to do this right now. <laughs> That's the that thing. It takes done. forever to do it the other yeah. way. <laughs> yes. I was like, I just want to get this done. Um, and so then my mom got sick and um, into, uh, also in 2004. Like, So I was getting married, and my mom was really sick with cancer all at the same time. Mm. And um, and so she eventually passed, and well, at, in 2005. And then... Um, I had done bereavement counseling, but then I had also, I started this writing class, and I was finding more um, relief and more just help in my writing class than I was in my bereavement counseling. And it just was an aha for me to see how much writing can help. And, And I've talked to others who have gone through traumas and really, I mean, trauma is greater than losing a parent, like traumas of losing a child or, you know, things that are really, um, really, you know, just so life-altering. And they've been able to transmute that pain through through the art of writing. And so I I just clung to that um, for for the last, you know, it's been, it's been years. And um, so that's, that's how I started writing and that was all you know nonfiction and journaling and blogging um, and then in 2013 I started this fiction series and I you know it's funny see people say well why did you do you know why did you, how'd you start or and and it's just it's been so long I I, I feel like I've forgotten <laughs> how you know like why I started a fiction series because I had never written fiction before but it was um, it was just a fun goal I thought oh I'm gonna just try my hand at fiction writing and and try and teach through the art of story 
because I was learning all of these. Um, I was doing a bunch of research on, um, like I mentioned earlier, the, you know, the idea of Sophia, the goddess. Everyone knows Sophia as wisdom, right? The Greek goddess of um, wisdom. But mm-hmm. um, but this pre this this idea of Sophia actually predates that into the agnostic mysticism. Um, you know, when goddess culture back in the you know pre pre patriarchy and all of that, um, the idea of Sophia being the feminine face of God, and um, I thought. Oh, I'd never heard of a feminine face of anything in religion, <laughs> so I was very intrigued, and so I did a lot of research and on women's history and spirituality and ancient cultures, and um, it just, you know, I went down that rabbit hole and just uncovered so many wonderful um, topics and things I was learning, and I just and then I came across this idea in the Jewish Kabbalah about the three mother letters the three great mothers and then the, the, who created the world, you know, fire, air, and water. And I thought, oh, that's just a great, great idea for, a, you know, a trilogy, fire, air, and water. Each one would have their own book. And, um, and then I ran with that idea. And, you know, I tend to take on these, like, crazy things that, you know, I'm like, oh, how hard can it be? <laughs> <laughs> but it can be very hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but yes, I mean, it was fraught with, you know, these hard moments, but, but here I am on the back end of it all. And, um, and it was great fun and, and just, just a journey as all writing is, even fiction. Um, you know, I had read an author say, you know, you can, you can see the truths and the clues of, of an, of an author, of a writer in even in fiction mm-hmm. and it's so true mm-hmm. I mean it, I, I think it was like my second book before I realized what I was doing with these books like you know the protagonist's mother dies and that's sort of the the inciting incident of the first book and of, of course that was me you know my mom died and and that that set me on a course for 15 years of self-exploration and spiritual growth and and all of you know all of that. So um, even in fiction, we find we we find ourselves and we write ourselves, and um, and that's just what we're all trying to do anyway. Is just kind of figure ourselves out, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's true, and you never know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm actually we're in rehearsal for a radio play I wrote, and it is it got really dark and weird and i don't even know where it came from because the first one wasn't like that because it was the second part but i guess because i was going through some trauma that it just mm-hmm. it, that's where it came from but a lot of yeah. people who were in the first part and said this is different sherry you're not usually this dark you congratulations you enter the dark side yeah i'm going yeah. oh i didn't mean to <laughs>
Yeah, I agree. I, it's very important okay. to me in my writing is uh, people learning that everybody's different, and that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, and yeah. that the world would be a very boring place if everybody was like carbon copies. We wouldn't be people. We would be mannequins. Not even robots, because robots have personalities. We would be, <laughs> we would be like sculpture dolls, and with no personality, it would just be really boring. <laughs> right, and to and to respect others and their journey and their, you know, and everyone always has their judgments about someone who doesn't look like them or 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 talk like them or or who, you know, for whatever reasons, people judge others just for being different when when we all have that the same heart the human heart beating within us so it's it's um you know it's a lesson we have to keep learning and keep teaching over and over it's it's so weird i mean think about it we are all children of this planet we're all related to yep. each other and yet we're still fighting like little children in the sandbox over toys And it's time for humanity to mature and grow up. Yeah, really. I agree. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it, we we have been allowed to run amok and be childish and have childish behaviors, and and it's caused the world we see. And so now it's it's time to you know change and mature and fix what you know what we've created. Yep. So that's yep. where we are. That's where we are, <laughs> and that's where we should yeah. be going. And Please let us hope that that is where we're going because right. it it's just one of the interesting things. I don't know if you've noticed this, but human imagination is rather wild. I don't just mm -hmm. mean fiction. I just mean I just mythology. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into anything controversial, but let's say the mythology over volcanoes and that there was a god in the volcano named Vulcan who created the thing and so what they did to make the pe the, the volcano stop was to give it offerings that didn't work so then they did sacrifices that didn't work and they all got wiped out because the Vulcan volcano eventually blew its head um <laughs> it, it just and and I, I, yeah I know it's ancient and I know all that but we're the same. We're still. We have changed technologically and in some ways socially, but we're still acting like the people back then, uh, doing offerings to that volcano. Right. Yeah. Right. There are parts of our 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 deepest selves that are still so primitive, and um, but I do think this time on the planet. It has has a lot to do with spiritual evolution and stepping up and and growth and being better stewards of the planet and and of you know of our families and of our lives and just being better humans. Yeah, you know? I agree. <laughs> been, yeah, allowed to um, pro proliferate the way that we have for so long. And but I do feel like things are changing and and getting better because. They're only going to get worse if they don't get better. <laughs> so there's only the two options there. So yeah. It's up to each individual. You know, I mean, so many people complain about what they see in the world, but at the end of the day, it's what's within. And it's, you know, it's 
it's so true. It's cliche and so true. You know, you, if you change and work on yourself, then the outer world will change, will have to change. So if everyone would just work on themselves, and, and like I just, you know, with writing, I just, I always throw that out there. Writing helps work on yourself. And then you will see the outer, the outer landscape transform. And it's if, magical. If you don't write, be creative. That's the best Absolutely. thing. Whatever kind of creation. And it doesn't have to be art. It, it can be um, food or gardening mm-hmm. or uh, w- uh, working on a car, making a beautiful new car from the interior out. I mean, there's all right. kinds of things that are creative. That's yeah. a really good thing. It helps you learn about yourself being creative, whatever mm-hmm. form it takes. Yeah. Right, I mean, and our contributions to the world are what are what give us, you know, our our sense of pride and our self worth, and how we, you know, how we show up in the world and what we bring, and and in our acts of service, and just wanting to help another person or help the ocean or help, you know, and, and anything small or big. And, and through the creative process. I mean, it really, and that's why we're here, to, to be, you know, the pencil point of the universe, you know, as, as what each person is. You're like a pencil point, and so you, you can decide what you want to create and go do it. You know, so many people create unconsciously, and they, they're just not even, you know, through, through habitual, you know, patterns and, and just, Money and just to the lack of awareness that they're creating their lives, whether or not they're aware of it. And so, if you can consciously create, you're in a much better uh, place than just you know feeling like you're being blown around with the wind. It's a much better um, vantage point to be. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get very mercenary. I want you to let people know where they can get your book. And if you have any kind of appearances, like conventions or book signings or anything like that. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, all my books are available on Amazon, and they're also available on my website, which is stacyltucker.com, and, uh, and also on Barnes & Noble. So my um, the first two books, Ocean's Fire and Alchemy There, are out now. And then the third one, Sky of Water, comes out in May. And it's so interesting you know, in our new binge culture, um, where everybody just wants, you know, like to consume right away. It's like the days of waiting for a book to come out are kind of over. <laughs> so I'm glad that I have all three out and done now because um, it's an opportunity for people to enjoy them together instead of waiting a year for a book to come out. But um, so they are all available. Um, yeah, on Amazon is, the, I guess, the easiest place these days, right? Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I do have um, a teaching through story uh, YouTube channel, which is Stacy L. Tucker. And um, and so, yeah, I, um, I don't have any um, signings on the docket right at the moment, but um, but I will um, I will be doing some things around around the time the third book comes out in May. So. But I appreciate your time today, Sherry. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just before you go, I do. I would like you to give out your social media, so in case somebody wants to say hi to you, they can. Okay. Well, I'm at um, my Facebook page is author Stacy L Tucker, 
and I have an Instagram, which is also Stacy L. Tucker. There were a lot of Stacy Tuckers out there, so I had to differentiate and put that L in there for sure. And it's Stacy with an E, so it's Stacy L. Tucker. That's my Instagram handle. I'm not on Twitter all that much, I have to say, but um, but it's really the Instagram and the Facebook author Stacy L. Tucker. Okay. Yeah, I'm more Facebook and Instagram too. Uh, Twitter's more yeah. like publicizing my stuff. Right. <laughs> I don't really. You, I I know people intermingle on Twitter, but. I I'm not I I'm not I don't really enjoy it so I I prefer doing Instagram and and, and Facebook because you can have actual real conversations. Right. <laughs> um. Anyway, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time out to do the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, and thank you for chatting with Sherry. <laughs>